for those of you who were here uh, last week, um, Pastor Otis, thank you, sir, Pastor Otis did a message uh, called Limping Into Destiny. And uh, my message title this morning is Limping Through Faith. And this is not a sermon series or anything like that. It was actually, if, if you're in here and you don't uh, quite yet believe in Jesus, uh, that would be called a coincidence. But if you believe in Jesus, that's called Jesus uh, doing that. So uh, limping through faith. And so uh, this morning, uh, that's, I just wanna, uh, that's, that's what we're going to be talking about. I want to share a story with you uh, from my personal life. You know, a few months ago, uh, I was uh, at the gym and I was working out. And I injured my knee. I went to the doctor, and I had done uh, damage to the soft tissue in my left knee. And so uh, <clears throat> I went. I went for a couple weeks, a uh, couple months. I couldn't. I couldn't really lift anything, or I wasn't supposed to lift anything. And um, fast forward, uh, maybe maybe two two and a half months into it. Uh, we went on an annual retreat called Holy Spirit Retreat with a bunch of students uh, and with Harvest Church in Citrus Springs. And Pastor Dave Vega uh, got a word from the Lord in a moment uh, where we were praying and getting prophetic words for one another. Uh, and he uh, had begun with the students to pray over my knee. And I had never gotten a physical healing before. Uh, but, but that night... Uh, the Lord came into the room and touched my knee, and my knee was healed. I had, uh, I had like severe pain in my knee before that, and uh, and uh, after they prayed twice, uh, my knee pain was completely gone. Now the next morning, yeah, come on, lift it, shout to the Lord. That's awesome. Uh, now the next morning, my knee, my whole left leg was sore. All the muscles uh, in my left leg were sore. Where the uh, Lord had healed that knee. And uh, for any of you who have ever been to the gym or worked out, uh, you know that when you work your muscles out, the next day or two, they're sore, right? Because the muscle has been broke down and it's kind of rebuilding itself. And so the very next morning when I had no pain in my knee still and, uh, and all the muscles in my leg were sore, I immediately knew that the Lord had healed my knee. And uh, again, I, I, this doesn't happen like all the time. I'm, I'm, I, I don't uh, just get like miraculous healings. That would be really cool. But that, you know, that was the very first time uh, that I'd been healed from a physical condition. And uh, so I knew because the pain had subsided and, and that whole uh, leg was sore, I knew that the Lord had healed my leg. Um, and here's what I want you to know about that soreness. Uh, the leg muscles were sore the next day that I got healed. And, and you know, even when you receive a healing, uh, you can still have some soreness and repairing that needs to happen. Jesus takes away our sins at salvation, but there's still a process of sanctification. He saves, he has saved us, but we are still being saved. He's healed us, but we're still being healed. It's just the process. Uh, then the Lord, uh, you know, had opened my eyes to a reality in the church. I was actually, the day after that, I had uh, went home and I went to the gym 
and I decided that I was going to uh, train legs because I hadn't, I hadn't done a leg workout for, for a few months. And so I noticed something that I was doing. First off, if, uh, you know, if you're like Arnold Schwarzenegger, he would say, uh, I was putting on girly weight. Like, you know, so I would put a couple plates on and then I was like, uh, I don't know if, if I really want to trust this. I don't know, you know, even though I knew that the Lord had healed my leg, I, I felt as though maybe he didn't or, or whatever. So, so, you know, the Lord said to me, Dylan, what are you doing? I healed your leg. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And I also noticed that uh, when I walked over after he said that to get more weight to put on the machine, I was favoring one leg. So I was kind of limping still, too, which was weird because God healed my leg. I had no pain. There was nothing wrong. But, but my mentality was, for the past few months before that, was I have to protect that leg. So I, my mind made this perception that that leg is still injured, so you need to guard it. And so, uh, so what had happened uh, after that, the Lord had opened my eyes to this very real reality in the church. Even when God has healed us of things, even though he has taken us out of bondages, even though he has freed us from guilt, shame, and condemnation, many of us are still walking through our faith with a limp. Why? Why is this? Well, in my case, uh, and I think many of our cases, uh, it's the fact that we're used to it. Our, our brains have now been hardwired to, to have this perception to guard ourselves so we don't get hurt any more or any further. And, and uh, this morning, I believe that the Lord is wanting to, to heal our perceptions of not only Him, but of who He thinks we are, or He says He, he is to us, and uh, also our perceptions about people. And so... Here's what I want you to know. We, the church, have had an injured mindset and perspective. And it has been hindering how far we are going, not only in our relationship with God, but also with people and in life in general. It is limiting our faith. People with injured perceptions will always have a lesser capacity for faith. This limp keeps us from achieving the greatness and fullness of life that God has called us to live as his sons and daughters. You know, for, uh, for a few years, I was uh, a nursing assistant, and I worked in a doctor's office. I worked in a hospital. I worked at uh, a nursing home. And so you, you'll hear, I would hear uh, different medical terms and, and all this. <clears throat> and uh, when I was preparing for this message, and I think maybe even when I was at the gym that day, I heard this, this medical term, uh, and I believe that the church is suffering from, from this term, spiritually speaking, of course, uh, and that is the term phantom pain. 
Phantom pain sensations are perceptions that an individual experiences relating to a limb or organ that is not physically part of the body any longer. And, uh, you know, many times the Lord has come into our lives and, and amputated something off of our lives that, that was maybe dead or something that, uh, that he didn't think we needed anymore. And, and then we, we got all bent out of shape about it. And, we, and we've carried these pains, and the Lord has actually done it for a good cause, but yet we are still thinking about the pain of the thing that's not even there anymore. I believe we're suffering from these phantom pains uh, for a few reasons, and these false perceptions for a few reasons. And they are hindering us from the more that God wants us to step into uh, one of the reasons, I think, is because uh, we are so busy that we get caught up in our lives and we forget or, or neglect to pray and to read the word. And, uh, you know, here's what I want to tell you about reading the word and why it's so important. When, when you aren't reading the word, you, when you're not reading the word, you aren't able to hear what God see or hear what God is saying about you and your situation. Many of us are, are good at praying and we have this list that we pray maybe every morning. And uh, many of those things may be very good, but we're still, even though we're really good prayer warriors, we may be neglecting the word substantially. And here's what I wanna say to you about that. If you're praying more than you're reading the word, uh, here's what you're saying to God. What I have to say to you is more important than what you have to say to me. And that's just not the case. What God has to say to you is way more important and it will always shape the perspectives that you have about yourself, about God and the lives around you. Some of us don't even have time for church. You know, uh, many times, uh, and you may, be, you may be the person that I'm talking about, don't get too offended, but you come to church once a month, and you say, well, I've had, I've had my church for the, for the quota for the month. I don't need to come anymore. And when things start to happen in your life and your life starts to fall apart, you don't know where to go, you don't know where to turn because you haven't been praying, you haven't been reading your Bible and you're not connected to a church family who loves you and wants to see you prosper. And so you get all bent out of shape and you get the wrong perceptions about God and about people and about yourself. Sometimes when things go wrong in life and when people hurt us, or when God is trying to position us away from something that isn't in his will, we aren't close enough to listen to what he's saying to us so we don't get injured. So we start to believe that everyone, including God, is out to get us. And that is when we start to walk with a limp in our faith. Proverbs 23, 7, the beginning says, for as he thinks in his heart, so he is. So is he, in the King James Version. 
For as he thinks in his heart, so he is. Now, I understand that a person's perceptions are ultimately their reality. But we, as Christians, need to think of God's views and perceptions and what he says about us and what he says about people and what he says that he's for and against. Those things need to be higher than what we think. Those things need to be, those perceptions need to be higher. Those are ultimately the only reality and the only truth that there is. Too many people in the church today are playing sideline or defensive Christianity. There's so many anointed leaders here at this church. And I'm not talking about the pastoral staff. I'm talking about you guys that are in your seats. This is a, this is a church of leaders. And, and, you know, we could really change and form the community around us. I believe it. But, but many of you are not serving in the capacity that God would have you to serve in. You've been sitting on the sidelines Sometimes they're for plausible reasons. Maybe you're, you've been hurt for so long. But listen, God has not called you to live a life on the defense. He's called to live, you to live on the offense. Now, I'm not saying that you have to open up your guard to every single person. There are people out there that want to hurt you and don't want to see you do good. That's not what I'm saying. Even in, fo- in football, even the defensive line or even the offensive line has a defense even the offense has a defensive line sorry um i'm not saying that you shouldn't have boundaries or any of that people are sometimes out to hurt you but what i'm saying is we need to start making some plays we need to get out of our victim mentality so many of us have this i'm being attacked i'm being attacked i'm being attacked but we never look at it from God's perspective. We never get a different perspective. We're always saying it's the enemy, it's the enemy. But no, sometimes, how, how about you say instead of I'm being attacked, how about you say I'm being refined? It's not always the enemy. Sometimes it's God. It's all about your perspective. So shake off the victim mentality, church. The Lord spoke to me a few weeks back and said that the church is coming into another season like the book of Acts. And he gave me a a scripture for this. Acts chapter 4, 32 through 35. This is the NIV. It says this. All the believers were one in heart and mind. I want to stop there for one moment. All the believers were one in heart and mind. Now, further on, when when we read further on, we see what kind of mentality they had, what kind of perceptions they had. First off, they all had the same perception, the same healthy, kingdom minded perceptions about God and people. Let's continue to read. All the believers were one in heart and mind. 
No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resur resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. That's amazing. There were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land and houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who had need. Listen, church, that, that kind of stuff is happening right now. It's not that far off. This time is not that far off. It's happening right now. I just want to tell you, uh, you know, uh, it was probably over six months ago now. I, I, I haven't kept track, to be honest. But I was in a first Wednesday service right over here. And uh, the Lord had spoke to me so strongly. <clears throat> and uh, I went home and told my wife uh, what the Lord spoke to me. And he said... Uh, that he wanted me to give away a large sum of money. And I said, I don't have this large sum of money, God. And he said, but you do. You can sell your house. And so uh, my wife and I sold our house and gave a very, very large portion of money to the church uh, for, to sow a seed that the Lord wanted us to sow into. And, um, and you know... God is wanting us to lay everything at his feet. No matter how crazy it seems, no matter how outlandish it may seem, God's wanting to stretch our faith in this season. He's wanting to stretch your faith in this season, but you have to be willing to let him stretch you. You know, when in Acts chapter 2 and in Acts chapter 4 here, there's something that is uh, the same. The believers were of one mind, one heart. They were of one accord. Right now, we, we have to get on the same page. The Lord's not going to, maybe not going to ask you to sell your house but he's going to ask you some things that you may be very, very, very uncomfortable with. And you need to get into a place of faith and believe that if God's asking you to do something, he's also going to provide the provision later on for you in whatever area that may be in. You know, I had uh, actually prayed a lot that, uh, that the Lord would let me have a really great testimony this morning for you that the Lord had given me, you know, $100,000 or something or given me a house or whatever. I prayed uh, very earnestly uh, for that, um, that it would happen to, before today so I could, you know, just tell you a testimony of God's goodness and faithfulness. But you know what? Even though it didn't happen, uh, I want to tell you this. God is still good and he is still faithful. Yes, I'm still believing that God's going to come through 
uh, for me. And I'm believing that God's going to come through for you in whatever area you may need uh, him to come through for you in. And uh, the Lord spoke to me <clears throat> why I have not uh, received that blessing yet. Uh, because at, actually at the send a couple uh, in February, he had told me that this month I would uh, receive something. I don't even know what it is uh, that would uh, help me get to that goal, you know, of having uh, a house again. And uh, he said this month that would happen. So I'm still standing on that promise. I'm still believing for that. Uh, but he told me why it wasn't for yet. It's, it's because of this. Many people have a hard time in the church believing that God could come through for them. People understand lack too, too well. So you can receive a message about faith through me because I'm still in lack and you're still in lack. But I'm telling you right now that God is coming through for me and he's coming through for you and, and he's breaking this lack mentality. He's breaking this perspective that God's not going to move for me. He's taking off the blinders this morning. He's going to move. If I didn't believe and trust God, I would not have given them this amount of money. I promise you. He will come through for me and you. I believe that the Lord is taking us into a new season at Calvary. And we're going to need a lot more faith than we have. Too many times with that victim hurt mentality, we haven't, we haven't rose to the occasion when the Lord has asked us to, to do something. That's not the case anymore. Today, everything changes. I want you to really get that in your mind and in your heart, that God is for you. God isn't against you. He's not, he's not withholding a healing from you. He's not withholding financial blessing. He's not withholding any good thing from you. He wants you to prosper. That's what his word says. He has a plan for you to have a hope and a future. I want you to really let that sink in this morning because it's so true. But our perceptions have been twisted by the enemy. No matter what you're believing for, maybe it's a, a marriage or a family member that's away from Christ. He's going to come through. I also want you to know, and I share that with you, uh, that little story about us selling our house and, and all this, because I want you to know that you're not alone. You're not alone in, in all of this. There are people right next to you going through the same things. There are, there are things that you can do, that you can give away, 
to them. Maybe you have a gift of, of extraordinary faith and you can bless somebody and, 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 and do uh, pray for them and, and whatever it may be. We have such great capacity in this church to go to the next level in faith for God and for our community. I believe that we are leaders in this community. Every single one of you are leaders in this community. And so many good things are about to happen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay on track here. Sorry. So, how do we live a faith-filled, abundant life? There are a few things I want you uh, to get a hold of this morning. A few things that through uh, the my faith walk I've, I've picked up. And uh, so I want to share these things with you. How do we live a faith-filled, abundant life? The very first thing is uh, you live above your senses. No matter what is happening in your life, you have to ultimately trust God. Doesn't matter what something looks like. It doesn't matter what something feels like. You have to rise above your senses. That's why it's so important to be in prayer and stay in the word. Because you have to know what God is saying to you. You have to know his promises, that he's for you and not against you. Live above your senses. The next thing is you have to step out and take action. I think of that old saying uh, when I think about this one, you never know unless you try it. Faith is very much like that. I remember when I uh, just began tithing, uh, we didn't really have a whole lot of money. Um, and uh, I remember I would just put, you know, 20 bucks or $10 or whatever was in my pocket that day uh, in the collection plate when it went around. But when I started to really trust God with my finances and I would actually give him the tithe, return the tithe to him, give the first 10% uh, of my earnings back, um, and the Lord would meet our needs. And like every single time, you know, when you, when you step out and, and allow him to be the Lord of your life, like you pray right when you first become a Christian, it's the most exhilarating feeling in the world because you know that you're in God's hands. I also, uh, also think about Peter uh, with this one, when he stepped out onto the water. He had to step, Jesus was on the water, beckoning him to come out on the water with him. And Peter had to step out of the boat onto the water. Now some of you are like, oh well, he, he started sinking. Yeah, but he didn't go under all the way. and. And I don't know if you've walked on water, but I definitely have not. So that was an amazing feat of faith. Um, but Peter heard the Lord instructing him to do something, and he stepped out and took action. You have to step out and take action to live a faith-filled, abundant life that the Lord is calling you to live in. The next thing is, and this may sound a little silly to some of you, 
You talk to yourself the right way. Sometimes we have this woe is me mentality and we, and we say things like, oh, I can't, uh, nothing's good is ever coming my way and, and uh, I'm this and I'm that and it's usually all negative things. But that's why, again, you need to read the word. You need to know what God is speaking to you. That's why also you need to be able to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, the right now word of God. You have to talk to yourself the right way. When I was at the gym and I was, uh, you know, teetering on whether I should put more weight on the leg press and test out my knee, um, I had to verbally, with my mouth, not my mind, I had to verbally tell myself, You are healed. You've been healed. God has your back. You, sometimes you need to give yourself a little pep talk, believe it or not. I know that sounds maybe silly, but it's the truth. You have to begin to tell yourself the right things. If you are always telling yourself the wrong things or hearing uh, from somebody else that you're something that you're not, that God hasn't said you are, you're not going to live a faith-filled, abundant life. I love Psalm 35, uh, 27 and 28. It says, let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And my tongue shall speak of your righteousness and of, all, and of your praise all the day long. Here's what I really like about that. Let them say continually, they're praising God continually. They're saying the right things continually. They're saying what God has said continually. Every single day, all throughout the day. That's what we need to do to live this life of faith. Every day, all day long. The final thing, and, and to me, the most important thing is you need to have you need to get God's perspective you need to get God's perspective our problems look really big to us sometimes and and to God those very big problems are very small problems we need to read the word we need to learn to discern God's voice so that we get his perspective his word and his spirit reveal what he thinks about us and who he has made us to be. The word says that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ. That's what the word says. If you are seated with, in heavenly places with Christ, don't you think that would change your perspective a little? It does. We have to get God's perspective. Last thing I want to encourage you with today, if you've maybe been limping through faith, is this. The resurrection challenges what could never happen. The 
The resurrection changes everything. Jesus is the only person that has ever gotten up out of the grave on his own accord. The resurrection challenges what could never happen. God took an impossibility and made it possible. Whatever you are believing for, whatever impossible situation you're in, whatever mindset you have, whatever perspective you have, know that God is for you. Today, when the altar team comes up here, I want you to take a bold step of faith and come and receive prayer. Because I believe some things are going to be broken off of some people this morning. Wrong mindsets. Even, it, it doesn't matter what it is. God wants, to, God wants you to be fully strengthened. He wants you walking in faith according to his will and according to what he says to you. He doesn't want you to walk with a limp anymore. God's call on this church, God's call on you as individuals is too great to limp through our faith any longer. I want you to be expectant to move, for God to move.